Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. You are one hell of a resilient team, and I'm going to tell you what. First half wasn't up. Second half... All three phases, man. One heartbeat. That's what it was. That's a heck of a win, and that's the AFC Championship. Yeah! Never going to say no to these. Hats and t-shirts. Never going to say no. Don't meet at the end of the day, right? It means that we punched our ticket to go try to win a Super Bowl, and that's it. We got one game at a time starting at 1 o'clock on Sunday. That's it. The only thing that we got to worry about is beating the Obviously, we know it's in front of us. Let's have a hell of a plane ride home, all right? We're right where we're supposed to be, okay? We're right where we're supposed to be. Fellas, we came here to do what we said we were going to do. Let's keep stacking. Yes, sir. It's time to go get it, y'all. Come on, one, two, three. Come Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers alongside Lawrence Jackson, Jay Croucher at the top. You heard many celebrations. I think, Jay, you enjoyed Mike McCarthy the most, it appeared. Wasn't super inspiring, was yeah. it? Josh Allen kind of it, 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 was the better one. I, I think that uh, Jameis Winston should be hired <laughs> to do this for all playoff teams because I think he really would have had these squads like amped up after those big, uh, you know, playoff clinching or seeding victories there. James team Swiss. decisions. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. He he makes the greatest team decisions, yeah. you know. That uh that Jameis explanation of it being a team decision, that's actually the best thing I've ever seen in my life. That's better than in <laughs> either of my three children being born. I put that into view number one. It's it, absolutely it, it, insane. And he, and he capped it off by saying, look, hey, it was 41-17. to 17. Can it get much worse? Than, <laughs> like, he justified yep. it. Like, say, yep. look, 41, 48, what's, what's the big deal? He's like, he almost scored on the interception anyway. <laughs> I can't believe it. The thing is, is like, if they just run a normal play, I think it would people would be like, all right, well, what are you doing? But okay, it's the fact they lined up in victory formation to make yeah, it. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. This is the ultimate slap in the face. <laughs> a tough moment. Uh, Arthur Smith obviously not too happy about it. We'll probably get there more in just a bit. We got a lot to do. We got weekend warriors. We got Sunday scaries. Before we get through all of those, let's jump into the Roto World player news. And for all your player news... Go to NBCSports.com. You heard Josh Allen at the top, Lawrence. What a thriller it was here on Sunday Night Football. Josh Allen, 30-38, 359 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. In a game where Stephon Diggs came back to life, finally. Yeah, yeah, and he, it even included uh, that. That was a that was a play right there. Shout out to it up. shout out to uh, Trent Sherfield right there. The toe drag off the Madden tip right there for the touchdown. But yeah, man. Um, you know, Josh Allen and this Bills team, you got to give them a credit, give them credit, not just for this game, but for down the stretch. I spoke about it uh, last week. They haven't been winning games convincingly, um, yep. but they found a way to win, and that's what matters, and that's why you're the two seed. They woke up yesterday um, 
might not even being able to get in the playoffs. Now they're the two seed, and I feel like they're supposed to be here because you won the games. Um, what you know, Josh Allen had the turnovers. They overcame that, and um, they pulled out the victory. So credit to him and his team as a whole. They played good team, uh, complimentary football, and they're, they're right where they're supposed to be. And it completely flipped the AFC seeding in a scenario where now Miami goes to Kansas City in the opening yeah. round where Miami's been playing in 70, 75-degree weather. We think that game could be well into the negatives here, Jay. Yeah, and I mean, you think about the Bills. Had they lost that game, their path to get to the AFC title game would have been at Miami, at Baltimore. And now instead it's Oof. home Mason Rudolph and then potentially home Joe Flacco or a Houston Texans team that has never been in the playoffs before in this iteration. So massive reverberations out of that game. The Bills are now your clear third Super Bowl favorite behind only the two one seeds in San Francisco and Baltimore. Uh, and they were, I think, the real big winner out of yesterday. And I will say that, look, there are, there are better teams than the Buffalo Bills, even if there's only two of them. There are worse teams, but there is no more infuriating team than the Buffalo Bills, particularly if you have bet on them. The amount, I bet on the Bills at plus 160 to win the AFC East before the season. That went to an absolute odyssey. Yes. And even last yes. night, yeah, last yeah, night yeah, yeah. to see Allen's turnovers, it felt like they were going to score every single time they had the ball. And then what they, from their four, first four red zone trips, I think they scored once which is just completely insane, but that is the nature of this Bills team. But credit to Sean McDermott for fixing the defense in the second mm-hmm. half of the season and also for going for it from fourth and one on his own 35. I'm not sure if he does that earlier in the year, but that was a yeah. bold call and it, it helped them win the game. Yeah, man, and just to the, you know, for the Dolphins, it's like, you know, the Bills still, you know, they run the town. They run the town. They've won three of the past four regular season games, four out of the last five if you include the uh the playoff game from last year uh, so the Miami Dolphins while they've gotten you know they're a better team they're a playoff team um they're bludgeoned with injuries especially on the defensive side of the ball um it, it was there was a time during the middle of the season where you could kind of talk about them as can they be a threat to go deep into the playoffs uh possibly a Super Bowl it's going to be real tough for them now uh, going to Kansas City. Um, they're not healthy. We, shout out to Melvin Ingram, who made a career rushing the <laughs> passer. Right. He playing, you know, three technique. He's playing nickel corner. <laughs> He's covering wheel routes, you know. So it's like shout out to him because that's what the Dolphins was down to. So and now it's like, damn, you lose. Now, now what you get, you just talked about the Bills, like, changing their trajectory throughout the playoffs. And what do the Miami Dolphins get? Well, you get to go to Kansas City, who they haven't been dominating like usual, but it's still Kansas City at home, and they're the defending Super Bowl champs right now. So, I mean, congrats to Miami on that. It, it's going to be tough. Yep. And fantasy-wise, I mean – good for Stefan Diggs to get back involved in the offense, 7 for 87 and also could have had what was, I mean Allen missed him on what, like an 80 yard it touchdown wide open yep. so you think if that just connects and all of a sudden he's 8 for 167 and a touchdown it looks yeah. a little bit different. Devin Achan is an absolute monster, amazing touchdown run. Uh, I think the next gen stats on the broadcast showed there was like a, what, a 1% chance that was going to be a touchdown and because yeah, of Achan, because of his cut. He, he definitely made that run. That's part of what makes him good. And he, it's like he's sliding on the field, making those cuts without uh, losing any speed. I would have liked to see the Dolphins stuck with the run a yep. little more, but they, they couldn't because they was losing the momentum. 
the Bills was, you know, they tightened up in that second half. And, I mean, it was a, it was a good game. It's exactly how yeah. you want to end the season with a game like that, ending like that. Obviously, the Dolphins don't want to end it like that. But, you know, you, you are where you're supposed to be right now. We move over to the NFC. The Cowboys take care of business against the Commanders in a game the Cowboys had to have. And with that win, they now host the Packers in the wild card round. We'll get to some early line alert stuff at the end of this show, but Dallas is seven and a half point favorites in that game because of what they've been able to do at home. Dak Prescott in this one on the road, though, 31 to 36, Jay, 279 yards, the four touchdowns, and CeeDee Lamb continues to be a dominant force, catching two touchdowns in this game as well. Yeah, as much as we've talked about Tyreek Hill and his near historic season, CeeDee Lamb finishes the season just 50 yards behind Tyreek. He's come home with a head of steam, just one fewer touchdown than Tyreek as well, and I mean, Dak is again in a way the story like I don't think Dak Prescott is going to win MVP but he's a pretty good chance to come second uh, and I think that yeah. would be very well deserved I mean statistically you could argue he has been the best quarterback though a lot of that has come against the weaker teams and that's why he's not going to win MVP but I mean he was majestic and they now get the two seed they get a matchup favorable for their offense at least against Green Bay's defense as opposed to I mean it looked like they were going to have to play at Tampa Bay, at San Francisco right. first two weeks. They get the two-seed, much more favorable draw for the Cowboys. And, and again, I kind of look at the Cowboys on the side of the bit. Like, they're like the Bills of the NFC in the fact where middle of the season, it's looking like the Eagles are going to run away with this division. And they're a couple of games up on Dallas. But the Eagles, you know, they start faltering. They start playing some uh, some bad football by their standards. And, Jay, to your point, a Dak Prescott – It'll be interesting to see when it comes around the time to select the all-pro team. You only get two quarterbacks, first team, second team. Two of those guys will be Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, or Brock Purdy. So it'll be interesting to see who gets left off with Dak finishing the year uh, as the touchdown leader, the leader in touchdown passes. I think with how the way the season ended, Lamar and Dak makes the most sense with it, Purdy on the outside looking in. And you know – we talk about it a lot, the recency bias and how right. you play last. What you see last was Lamar dominating the 49ers in, in the Dolphins. Um, people, that, that Brock Purdy game against the Ravens may creep in there. Um, but Dak, statistically, this is, this is the best he's been. So if there's any team, I think, I don't know if there's a team over there in the NFC bracket that could touch the Niners, but right now it's looking like Dallas has the best chance to do so. Well, so while Dallas locks up favorable playoff seating, the Commanders lock up the second overall pick in the draft. It'll be an interesting future for them because we're assuming that is going to be a new quarterback, whether it's Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix, because Terry McLaurin ends up eclipsing the 1,000-yard mark for the fourth straight season. And this is a guy, Lawrence, that I think as much as he had some good moments with Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett this year, he's going to welcome in one of those top prospects with open arms. Oh, uh, yeah, he 100% will. There was some talk early in the season. like I mean, basically this year was to see if Sam Howell could be that guy for them. I think now with the commanders having that number two pick and having a nice set of skilled players at the receiver position, you want to possibly get one of those uh, top quarterbacks at the draft. Marvin Harrison will be up there, but I don't think for them it'll make too much sense to right. go that route. Um, I think they're very much in the market for a quarterback. They weren't as high as number two earlier this season, right. so that plays into it as well. So, yeah, Terry McLaurin being able to see what he's done these past few years, 
racking up these thousand yard seasons, it's like comparing it to DJ Moore. We saw him getting a thousand yards with whoever at quarterback. He went to Justin Fields and had a career year. We could possibly see the same type of thing with Terry McLaurin. Yeah, I think he'll be valued higher, even coming off a career low, only 12.3 points per game this season. Our next game, another one with massive playoff implications, the uh, Texans against the Colts. C.J. Stroud, if the whole national NFL audience wasn't blown away by this guy yet, he certainly solidified that the other night, Jay. I mean, 20 and 26, 264 yards, two touchdowns, and it was really only Nico Collins out there. That's Mm -hmm. what made this so impressive. Yeah, legacy game for Stroud, kind of like a superhero origin story type of game, honestly, with the throws that he made. Well, the the throw to start the game and then all the throws that he made on that final drive, um, just as good as you could imagine. And the fact that he did this, to your point, without Tank Dell, without Noah Brown, with an offensive coordinator who was obsessed with running the ball for three yards a carry, uh, the fact that he was able to overcome everything and give the performance that he did. I mean, I think that effectively locks up Offensive Rookie of the Year for C.J. Stroud, and I think he would be a very worthy winner despite Puka Nakua's awesome season. Uh, and, I mean, he was just he was majestic. Um, do, the Colts had no answer for do, him. Do we get a double up here? Do we get uh, – see? Well, we know we'll get C.J. Stroud as Rookie of the Year, but do we double up on the coach there with D'Amico Ryans? Because we, uh, we saw those odds change drastically um, after the Texans clinched that playoff spot. Yeah, so as we went into the 1 p.m. slate yesterday, that market was minus 115 Ryans, minus 115 Stefanski, and then Houston clinched the division later that day. And I think that just with, I think just the Texans' story and the fact that they went from three wins to 10 in the division, it's the first division title, I believe, ever for a rookie quarterback and head coach combination. They'd won 11 games in the three years combined prior. And as good as Kevin Stefanski's story is, I think that Ryan's story will resonate a bit more. So I would make Ryan's the favorite there. I don't think it's a lock, but I think he will win. Then Will Anderson as well could win Defensive Rookie of the Year. I think he is in a three-way coin flip, frankly, with Jalen Carter and Kobe Turner from the Rams. Uh, So an incredible season from Houston, who I think in a way are the story of the season. Yeah, it's interesting. Last year we had Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson teammates win those awards. This year with the Texans, very well could. And we could see them win Executive of the Year, Coach of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Lawrence, this is what stands out to me with Stroud. Six games with 20-plus fantasy points this season. All the other rookie quarterbacks – in this class combined for six games with that. And think of how many guys had to play. Yeah. Yes. I mean, Will Levis, Aiden O'Connell, obviously Bryce right out of the gate. Yeah. Uh, looking into next year, Tank Dell will be back. We're assuming Nico Collins is here for the long term. Bobby Sloak has proven himself as a play caller. Uh, how do we evaluate C.J. Stroud in fantasy? Because the ceiling is – I mean, you're looking at Joe Burrow literally ceiling. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, we said the same things about Jordan Love, about him being like a – top 12 quarterback well the answer to that will be yes why because he's actually proven that on the on the stat sheet on the fantasy point sheet he's a quarterback one Uh, we saw what the team was without him for those first few games he was a CJ Stroud was a fantasy asset the moment he hit the field week one it it just took us a while to like because you know it's a rookie quarterback like hey you know let's see if he can keep doing it well not only did he keep doing it he made Nico Collins fantasy relevant Tank Dell fantasy relevant uh Dalton Schultz Schultz, had some games Devin Singletary had his best games of his career with the Houston Texans and he played with Josh Allen for three years so when you look at it from, from that perspective, once you uh, draft all the top-tier fantasy quarterbacks who can give it to you through the air on the ground, uh, Hurts, Allen, Lamar, 
um, then you start looking at guys like a C.J. Stroud or Jordan Love. The other note from this game, Jonathan Taylor, 21 carries, 96 yards, and a touchdown, Jay. But maybe the biggest storyline is that he wasn't on the field when it all came down to one play. Yeah, I mean, I think this was, given the circumstances, the best game of his career. And he's a guy who went for 200 yards and five touchdowns against the Bills uh, a couple years ago. He was magnificent in this game, and he's the reason they had a chance. For the final play, like, just we need to stop criticizing Shane Steichen at all for that play. The play worked. It, it was did. a perfect play. Mm-hmm. It was a cover zero run blitz. They weren't going to be able to get it up the middle, most likely. And I don't think John, Jonathan Taylor, with his health, could have run out there in the flat and turned around. Right. Like he was on one uh, leg. And so I think it was the perfect play call. It was just a bad throw and they didn't make the connection. Throw. Yeah, I'm completely with you, Jay. Okay, so our next game here the Giants kind of destroy the Eagles in a game that it just feels like right now, Jay. Everything is going wrong for the Eagles on the field and the injuries that are going to impact them always going into the next game. Yeah, looking at uh, Penn State Blake uh, off camera, the world's biggest Eagles fan. He just took a big sip of water uh, as we moved to the He's Eagles. He's got the segment. Flyers yeah, it's, <laughs> on the uh, I mean, it's bizarre. I can't remember a collapse of a team that was – I mean, they were 10-1. and one. They were effectively the Super Bowl favorites. Jalen Hurts was the MVP favorite. This is a team we were wondering, are they going to go 15-2? and two? Are they going to go 14-3? and three? Uh, Now, all of a sudden, they're a five seed traveling to Tampa Bay and are a real chance to lose that game, uh, less than a field goal favorite. So – I guess like, the defense has struggled uh, all season, oh, yeah. particularly in pass defense. But to me, it's the offense that's the concern, where now they're super banged up. A.J. Brown leaves the game with an injury. Devontae Smith is banged up too. Jalen Hurts, no fracture in his finger, but also expect he's not going to probably be 100%. Uh, and now they go from being the team that was a heavy favorite to get the bye to a team that's probably going to have to win three road games just to get to the Super Bowl. I'd be impressed if they just simply win the game versus yep. Tampa Bay. Whereas to, you know, if they're playing Tampa Bay in week 12, it's not an impressive win. I would be impressed just to see them go on the road, win this game. Hurts did have the hurt hand, um, but he came back in after that. I think it was just more so like the Eagles realized like, hey, we throwing in the white flag. We down 24 zip. He had just thrown the pick to Xavier McKinney. Um, so let's get our guy because then yep. they start giving the ball to Boston Scott too. We saw Quez Watkins had so they they got a lot of their stars out of there because the Giants was just whooping on them. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. The Eagles will be a fascinating team going into the playoffs and keep an eye on their injury status. As Jay hinted at, the X-ray is negative on yep. Hurts' finger, but AJ Brown obviously somebody we're watching throughout the week. The next game. The Lions against the Vikings. Jay, I know you loved the Lions in this spot simply because the Dan Campbell Fury game, and we got to see them take care of business against your man, Nick Mullins, and this Vikings team. My man, Nick Mullins. <laughs> Unbelievable. Touching my uh, previously good name to Nick Mullins, who did throw for 396 yes, yards and a loss, say. which is kind of what he does. That is the Nick Mullins experience. What a perfect Nick Mullins stat line. 396 yards, two touchdowns, two picks, double-digit loss, that's what it's See, all about. It, it was, but he didn't. He went a long part of that game without those picks. Then yeah. they just came like almost back to <laughs> yep. back. I was like, oh, okay. The real uh, there, there you so, go. Uh, there you go. But, but uh, no, look, the Lions, they did go all out as we thought they might. Jared Goff stays in the game the entire time. <laughs> Sam LaPorta is the unfortunate news where it looks like he's going to miss some time. So we're not expecting that he is going to play this week. So that's a tough 
Uh, miss for them, but, I mean, they play in uh, a massive game against the Rams. People are talking about this as the Matthew Stafford game. It is not the Matthew Stafford game. It is the Jared Goff game. Jared right. Goff was kicked out of Los Angeles. Now he goes back against McVay, a team that he led to the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I mean, it's just storylines galore. And one. you know Jared Goff want to win this because yep. it's like, you, you got rid of me. Then you went to go win a Super Bowl. So it was like validating that move, yeah. you know. So if the Lions can win this. And, and I think the two teams are playing about pretty even right now. Um, it, that might be the best game of the of what they now call Super Wild Card Weekend. Yeah, I'm with you. And I like that you bring that up with Goff because Goff was a throw-in to that trade. Yep. Like when the two first-rounders came out, everybody was like, oh, cool, two first-rounders. Oh, Jared Goff. Yes. Yep. He, okay. Yep. Yeah, that's a fa- yeah, that was a good point. To that bring was the up. reaction. Was, it was like how they threw in Drew Locke to go to the CS. Like, Same that's thing. how they was treating it. Felt. it. Yep. This is, I mean, the focus is going to be on Stafford because he's the bigger name quarterback and he's a Super Bowl champion. But, like, Stafford is a made man in this league. He won the Super Bowl. It's done for Stafford. He has proven himself. Jared Goff, if Jared Goff plays really poorly in this game, it almost defines his legacy in a way. And if he plays really well and beats the Rams and now duels Stafford, then I think we think about Jared Goff's career in a whole different light. So this is a massive game. Uh, couldn't have a better one for Sunday night. The other biggest note from this is Justin Jefferson, 12 catches, 192 yards, and a touchdown. Tops the Week 18 fantasy leaders here, Lawrence, with no surprise, Jeff, Justin Jefferson and CeeDee Lamb are at the top of this. In the same game, Amon Ross St. Brown had a big performance as well. Yeah, um, just what you would expect. I, I personally would have loved to have this from Justin Jefferson like in Week 17 in one of my fantasy championships, but it's all good. And, you know, looking for, uh, for next year when it comes to Ju- Justin Jefferson, we obviously have to see what the quarterback situation will be there, but... You know, if he has Kirk Cousins or, I guess, Nick Mullins, you know, he can... He, I mean, it know. won't be Nick Mullins, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> you sure, you sure about it? You yeah. sure it ain't going to be Nick Mullins? <laughs> oh, Nick Mullins uh, you know, guy. Justin Jefferson, uh, one of the best quarterback proof. So, Justin Jefferson played eight full games this season because he left two... Uh, uh, hurt, and he was 19th in the NFL in rushing yards, went over uh, receiving yards, and went over thousands. Just completely it's ridiculous. Insane. It's insane. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see Minnesota's quarterback situation going into next year. All right, Jack Jacksonville against Tennessee, one of the bigger surprises of the day. Derrick Henry goes off for 19 carries for 153 yards and a touchdown. Mm. And if you watched fantasy football pregame, well, you knew that was coming. Thanks to Jay. Take a listen. Matthew, All right. end with a real, a real moonshot. Okay. We talked about Derrick Henry earlier. Derrick Henry, 100-plus rushing yards at plus 800. Can you imagine that going into the season, that Derrick Henry would ever be plus mm. 800 to get 100 rushing yards? This guy was, used to get 100 rushing yards for fun. He's done it three times this season. Two weeks ago, he went 19 for 88. We think of the Jags as a good run defense. Not in the second half of the season. They're down to 21st in run defense efficiency. I think the Titans go all out to win this game for Henry, for Tannehill, Vrabel. We talked about the uncertainty with him. Uh, and I think this game is going to be close enough that they're not going to get out of a run script. So plus 800, Derrick Henry, 100 plus. That's just way too big for me. Phenomenal call from Jay, as you can see. Maybe some he, 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 bias. He's actually too. wearing a jersey that Derrick Henry wore. That's the one he's yep. wearing right now. Yes, same size. Yeah, they, you know, yeah. both Jay Croucher and Derrick Henry swolled up. Right Long here. live King Henry. Derrick Henry drinks free. Yes, yes. I'm sure a lot of people this week are drinking free if they followed plus 800. I'm drinking for free because I tailed his bet. 
Jay forgot to bet it himself. Did forget to bet it but himself. But, but I, I do it for America. That's I do true. It that's right. I do it for that's, that's right. And I am America, and I, you know, I ate off Derrick Henry, who clearly, <laughs> pause, is clearly not washed. Um, second leading rusher in the league. <laughs> Yeah, that's unbelievable. <laughs> that's going to be. That. He was that last year as well. We forgot right. that. J- 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 just shy of twelve hundred yards. Um, next season, he's going to make some. He like he's going to add to some team. I'm trying to watch what I say right here. He's going to add to some team, make them really good. Dallas Cowboys, Baltimore yep. Ravens. You know, hey, so, somebody out there. He going he gonna be back. Yeah. Well, first of all, this is the same jersey as I was wearing in that photo, and it is unbearably small. They didn't have any larges uh, at the Titan it's store a, a youth in large. Nashville. Youth yeah, it's not, it's not a great fit. It's like my uh, Jack Wilshere Arsenal jersey. You got to roll the sleeves up a little bit. Yeah, a little show bit. The guns, yeah. But you know what um, I'm so I was taken to Nashville outside the Titans Chiefs game a couple of years ago, and I will never forget. And I always have a soft spot for the Titans in my heart after that trip to Nashville, where later that night I was in a bar. And I was wearing my Titans hat. Uh, the Henry jersey was back at the hotel. We're wearing my Titans hat, going to the men's room. Guy comes in, comes next to me, big kind of Nashville man. And he looks at me, sees my hat, <laughs> and he goes, yeah, boy, tighten up. And I'm like, yes, this is yeah. what it's all about. <laughs> this, is tighten my, up. this is my fan <laughs> Tighten up. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's incredible. Yeah, great game for Derrick Henry. Great call from Jay. I think the only thing almost as impressive as that call is Lawrence's amount of Braves hats he has. Yes, Every yeah. time we show sound what from a show, this? I miss. <laughs> well, this is, uh, you know, a, 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 as you can see, it's a flag behind here. That means America – and then there's an Atlanta symbol right here. So Atlanta in America. And, and I think we'll talk about that uh, a, a little later on. <laughs> yes, so, yeah. both things colliding. Yeah. In the same game, Tajay Spears, um, three carries, 25 yards, and a touchdown, three catches, 41 yards, and a touchdown. But I think what we care about Lawrence with Spears, who was a thing this year, yes, sir. is that this should be his backfield next yeah, year. Yeah, uh, next year it'll be him. We'll see him rise dra- uh, in, in a crazy way next year when it comes to these fantasy football drafts. You, In the first three, you know, three, four, five rounds, you'll see him go in there. Um, he, he looked the part. He, he was able to play well while Derrick Henry went off on the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, three carries. 25 yards and a touchdown, another three catches for 41 yards. So he's going to be one of those, you know, double threat running backs coming out of the backfield who's going to go get you 70 catches um, and then rush for 1,000 yards at the same time too. So it'll be so it'll be good talk around him heading into the 2024 fantasy season. Yeah, just with the Jags, uh, producer Stephen, one of the world's greatest Jags fans, perhaps actually number one, uh, he came into my office because I was watching the early slate of NBC yesterday, uh, and uh, he's just a broken man. Because this Jags team, the way that they have collapsed has just been so disappointing. A lot of these Henry runs and the Tajay Spears, the touchdown for him, like what are they doing with their tackling? It's just all yeah. arm tackles. It's, not, it's like they weren't trying. It's bizarre. And they really could have come back and won the game, but... To me, the story of this season, Connor, and I'm interested for your thoughts, is just Trevor Lawrence. And right. Is this just the injuries, and they've just piled up, and is this a write-off? Because on that final drive, one, he missed Calvin Ridley for what would have been a 70-yard touchdown bomb to get them within two for the two-point. And then the third and two and the fourth and two throws, they're just not even close. Like, what is wrong with him? Right, and I do wonder if some of that is the injuries. We know he's had multiple lower body injuries. We know about the shoulder. It's been a, He's had almost everything yeah. this year. Concussion. I think, Concussion. Mm-hmm. I think with Lauren, and it feels like he, not feels like we saw, he played through everything, yeah. which can comp- compound a little bit. The problem, too, here with Lawrence, his own struggles, is that their line isn't good. 
right now. Evan Ingram, who had a monster fantasy day as we look at the tight end leaders, handed an interception to the Titans in this game. So, I'm not excusing Lawrence, who's been, in my opinion, a disappointment since he's been a number one overall pick. He's a good Uh, player, uh, but he's not. We thought he would be... I mean, generational was the point for luck. I yeah. think he uh, he gets to pressing a lot. Like, yep. I know, like, Trevor Lawrence, I noticed it in two or two. They get in these certain situations. Maybe you get down a touchdown or two, and you start feeling like you got to make the biggest play. Cause like you said, the, the first interception was off of uh, Evan Ingram's hands, but the second one was definitely not. And it's right. like you're in a win-and-end situation, you know. So It's a bad uh, team. Bad yes, defense. It, a team you should be beating. Um, you would like to see your number one overall pick uh, win that game. He reminds me of like Josh Allen without the Superman cape, where it's like it's the same moments where every time you feel like when he has the ball, he has a chance to drive them down the field every single time. He can make every throw. He's not the same rushing threat that Allen is, though he can still move when he's healthy. But then there are just these inexplicable decisions. The second pick, to your point, Lawrence, right. like, what, what is going on with this? And the throws in the down the stretch. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really disappointing season for Lawrence. I'm obviously not giving up on him. They're no. fine. They've got their quarterback, but... Um, yeah, they were a team that we thought after they closed the season and they won the division and they won a playoff game, is like, you know, is this the team that can challenge uh, Cincinnati, Kansas City, and Buffalo uh, in the AFC? And now all of a sudden it's like, they, this team, they ain't ready for that yet. Yeah, is, is this team going to be favorite for their division? Because we thought they were going to run this division for yeah. the next half decade. Now all of a sudden it's like, Houston, Houston is better next year, I would think. And to be fair, too, like, I, like I think, Connor, you, had, you didn't have the Jaguars winning um, – so it, I mean, it was there was yep. there was some reservation, but it was like, all right, I'll put my money on the Colts to win the division. But it's like nobody's shocked if the right. minus one sixty five Jaguars win the division because they're supposed to. But not not only did the Colts not win it, it was the Texans yep. with a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback. That's what's crazy about it. The the problem I think the biggest problem at large is Jacksonville is in this weird spot where. We think Doug Peterson is a fine coach. Yep. It's not that. Yep. But now you're in a division that you blinked, and Shane Steichen and D'Amico Ryans were just head-to-head for coach of the year most of the point, yep. which is right. as rookie head coaches. Mike Vrabel's already won it. Yep. Now, Mike Vrabel, there's some rumors going yeah, around. Yeah, we don't know yeah, if he's there yeah. long term. We'll have this conversation assuming he is. It really turned real quickly that Jacksonville, you can make the argument, has the weakest head coach in the division, which sounds crazy. Yeah. But it feels like yeah. we might have landed there. Very impressive what Shane Steichen was able right. to do this year. Like he Without was, Anthony Richardson. He was playing for the division in week 18. So once they get Richardson get, gets back, then this division really gets fun. Our final game, Bears-Packers. Jordan Love finishes his regular season on a high note after a really good year for Jordan Love as the full-time starter for the Packers since they traded uh, Aaron Rodgers in the offseason. We got to hear from Jordan Love after the game on the big Packers turnaround. 205 start, um, <clears throat> you know, but uh, the main thing that we did was stick together. Um, everybody came, came into the building, find ways to try and get better, um, improve themselves, um, and make the team better. So um, it's, it's obviously been a process for us. It hasn't been easy. There's been a lot of ups and downs, but, uh, you know, we stuck together and we were able to get on a win streak. Um, and like I said, put ourselves in this position. So, um, you know, credit to everybody in the locker room. A very quarterbacky answer from Jordan Love, <laughs> who, uh, I mean, yeah. The, no. Off the back foot right and, there. Boy, yeah, Lawrence. I mean, he just, he looked great. And he had so many moments this season where you could clearly see all the upside that they saw in him when they took him in the first round out of Utah State. But yesterday, 
it's kind of the opposite, right? We talked about Trevor Lawrence not getting it done against an inferior team with massive implications on the line. Jordan Love took care of his business yesterday against Chicago. Yeah, and that's the flip side of it. You know it's ahead of you. You know it's at stake. What are you going to do in this situation? you probably hearing about how the Bears' defense has been playing better in recent weeks. So what, what does he do? He goes out there and throws for 316 yards and, and two touchdowns, finishes the season second in the league in touchdown passes. He didn't make the Pro Bowl, but this is a Pro Bowl type of season. You you know, Brock Purdy, Matthew Stafford, and Dak deserved it. But the way he finished the season, he just mentioned it. After the 2-5 and five start, the resiliency, people start to write him off as a quarterback a little bit. He was much better in his first season as a Packers starting quarterback than what Aaron Rodgers was. They didn't make the playoffs. He has some nice numbers, but they didn't they didn't enter the tournament from a fantasy perspective. He finishes his quarterback six. So for him next year too, like a CJ Stroud, there'll be those uh, on the back half of those quarterback ones. So uh, uh, shout out to Jordan Love. Yeah, I think there is something about Love and the nature of his game that just makes him very divisive. He reminds me of well. No one's going to get the reference to retired Australian cricket legend Damien Martin. So I'll use uh, a U.S. reference. He kind of reminds me of Carlos Beltran. The way that Beltran was just so laconic with right. his swing, with the way that he ran in center field, in that when it looks, when it goes well, it's like, oh, this guy's effortless and brilliant. And it's the same with Love, where when he's throwing off his back foot, it looks effortless and brilliant. But when he's throwing them for picks, it's like, this guy's lazy. This right. guy needs to work on his mechanics. He needs to step into the ball. But the thing is, is that all you can really evaluate him on in the end are the results. And he's finished fifth among all quarterbacks in EPA per play. Uh, he's been incredible over the course of the season. I think, like, personally, I was probably a bit biased by the early performances against the Lions and the Raiders where he was terrible and the fact that I bought into Jordan Love and then he has the Giants game. But when you look at the whole season in totality, I mean, look, Jordan Love, he's not going to win MVP. But if someone would put him fifth on their ballot, I don't think that's unreasonable because statistically, that's he's in that discussion. Yeah, you let him get like a you know a steady receiving group, a group that right. stays healthy. Then let's see what he really could do. I mean, this is already phenomenal what he's been able to do. That even when the receivers are healthy, they're young. This is a bunch of first and second year guys that he's throwing to, and a lot of the times for Aaron Rodgers in his later years as a Packers quarterback, that's what we say. Well, you know, get him a receiver opposite of Devontae Adams. Right. Jordan Love ain't got no Devontae Adams right now. He got some really good young players, but he don't got that man. So he. He's got the playoffs to play now. He could really solidify himself as one of them guys. That's a great point, Lawrence. The adversity that he faces a first-year starter. Aaron Jones was down so much of the year. Christian Watson was down so much of the year. They've lost young players, veteran players. Bakhtiari, I mean, he's been hurt for a couple of years now. But yeah. still, transition on the offensive line. It'll be very curious, Jay, to see how he's evaluated going into next year where they're much healthier. He's got some more continuity. And we've already seen him do it. That's the thing. It's like he is a first-year starter, and to achieve this is incredible. And, look, people are going to come at me on Twitter for saying he should be fifth in MVP. But, like, it's, it's Lamar, Dak, Josh Allen, and Purdy. I think those are your top four. Like, fifth is wide open. It could be, you could say Jordan Love. You could say Tua. Yeah, you could say CJ Stroud. Um, but I think Jordan Love, like, he's right there. And that's in- incredible because, I mean, at the start of the season, or midway through the season, I was wondering, like, is he, even, is he the guy next year at all? And I think now he clearly is. I think he'll be a popular futures bet 
on MVP yeah. uh, tickets over the summer. All right, the last notable player from this game because there is a world where it's his last game in a Bears uniform, as crazy as that sounds. Justin Fields, only 16 pass attempts. He completes 11 of them for 148 yards, as he does Lawrence, 27 rushing yards. I mean, I don't really think this game matters as a whole, but Fields' right. future is undoubtedly fascinating. Yeah, it's the it's a reality that he won't be with the Bears. He even sounds like like he kind of made a speech like Derrick Henry did. Um, I think the Bears would be a little foolish to move off of him in their current position with the defense getting better, the picks that they have. But at the same token. I do feel like, um, and it's happened with quarterbacks in the past, like a Drew Brees, right. whatever, where if you get that fresh start, where you got players already established in the place, like Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and Bijan Robinson, um, and they'll have a new coach as well. Um, if you get that fresh start, um, it could it could elevate your game. Um, I don't. I think whoever's the Bears quarterback uh, in 2024 will probably have some of the same uh, issues with you know the same ones they had this year. Um, they just never really been a good team with a good roster. So it was kind of cool to see their defense play a little better. But um, yeah, wherever Justin Fields go from a fantasy perspective, he's going to be a top eight fantasy option. So I think in that case. If he does, if the Bears do move off of him, I don't see too many situations where it could be worse for him right. from a football perspective and a fantasy perspective. If he does stay with the Bears, you could make that situation better too with, say, a Marvin Harrison. But it'll still be a young team. You still got to get the offensive line right. So the, it's a he has a very wide range of outcomes uh, coming to this season, and it'll be a top storyline. Yeah, them and the Raiders on the outside looking in on being able to draft, you know, a high-end quarterback, we think, could be Mm -hmm. trade candidates in the offseason. All right, the NFL gives way to Michigan versus Washington in the national championship. And for those of you looking to bet the title game, you are in luck. Today at 1 p.m. Eastern, I'll be making a guest appearance alongside Vaughn Dalzell, Brad Thomas, and Eric Froton to break down the matchup. So join us live on the NBC Sports YouTube channel and be a part of the discussion. Oh, by the way, I'm currently holding... A 20-to-1 ticket for the Huskies Bang. to win it. Yeah. Go Huskies. Yep. We'll see. They're <laughs> underdogs. Go Huskies. We're taking our first break. When we're back, Weekend Warriors Sunday Scaries after this. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 
21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Oscars may be in March, but award season officially begins tomorrow with our second annual Peak Hockeys. <laughs> we announced the biggest fantasy winners of the season, and the best part is our viewers will once again be able to cast their vote with the QR code right here. Tune in our usual time, noon Eastern time on Peacock. And yes, Matthew is back for the Peacockers. Weekend Warriors, headlined by James Conner. 26 carries, Lawrence, 128 yards and a touchdown. And it helps. He chipped in one five-yard touchdown reception as yeah, well. 204 yards from scrimmage. That's big. That's his most since week eight of 2018. And speaking of Matthew Berry, shout out to him who had James Conner at running back two. He finished as running back one uh, this week. He's got his first career season with 1,000 rush yards. Um, they said they're bringing back Kyler Murray. He's their franchise quarterback. And I think they'll... I think they're running back with James Conner, too. He had a strong finish to the end of the season. I mean, he's been a monster. I mean, he finished the season the last two weeks with 337 scrimmage yards and three touchdowns to boot. He finishes as PFF's fifth best running back of the season. I mean, he missed that time. But, I mean, he's been a monster. Uh, and he's been one of the best running backs in football, which didn't necessarily see. So I think we thought that this Arizona offense would just kind of submarine Everyone and the thought of being able to have a running back who would be able to score uh, was going to be difficult, and they'd always be in throw scripts. But Connor has been magnificent all year. A guy you were backing as you uh, were talking about, Lawrence, going into the weekend, Brees Hall, 37 carries in a game. We didn't know if the Jets would manage Brees' workload, meaningless game. So the draft position, the Jets gave him 37 carries for 178 yards and a touchdown, sending Bill Belichick off with a brutal, lifeless loss in Foxborough in the snow. Yeah, shout out to Brees Hall, career high. Not only did they not, you know, rest him, he had a career high 39 touches. He was my uh, running back one for the week, finished RB2, uh, 178 yards on the ground alone. You see him there sliding in the snow there. And, you know, when it comes to Brees Hall, to see what he was able to do this season – with the quarterback troubles that the Jets had, with the offensive line troubles that they had. It just lets you know that going into the 2024 fantasy season, when you're about to have your drafts, this is a guy that should be at the top of your list. I spoke yesterday on the pregame show about Anthony Richardson being my favorite player to draft next season. Brees Hall is a very close second because, like, I thought he would, you know, get these numbers through the dink and duck pass game. He ran through this top three New England Patriots run defense, so he he just put on tape something to look forward to for the future. Yep, and he, I mean, seems like his knee's okay. He's getting 37 right? yeah. carries, oh, yeah. no concerns oh, yeah. about workload, but, I mean, Connor, what are you saying from Brees this year? In terms of, like, just in terms of sheer talent of running backs the past 10, 15 years, I mean, where does he stack up? Because he has to be up there. Right, I mean, he's 220 pounds, he runs a 4-3, and he's got some of the best vision in football, yeah. and he's hard to tackle. So when you factor in all those things with the fact that he can pass, protect, and catch the ball, <laughs> he never has to come off the field. Yeah. I mean, that was yeah. it yesterday. Yeah. And, and the Jets will know Dalvin Cook next year. So, Brees, I'm with you, Lawrence. In fantasy, I mean, the value is insane. Yeah, he, and it'll probably go so far that there won't be any value. Like, people will be right, taking Right, no, it ain't going to be. Third, be fourth, I mean, because it's clear. It's like CMC, Brees Hall, and Kyron Williams. Yep. Those are three guys that you know 
are going to get the lion's share of their team's back uh, backfield touches. Yep. Jonathan Taylor as well. He might Jonathan be right. Taylor. Jonathan Although Taylor, Although the yes. other thing with just Richardson vulturing touchdowns would be the one thing with Jay. Yeah. Well, that's what's so interesting, Jay. Brees had nine touchdowns this season, plenty of them through the air. He only had two carries inside the five. Yeah. Ooh, that Tim, is Tim something. Tim and, look, and look, Aaron yeah. Rodgers ain't vulturing no touchdowns yeah. away. Right, so. right. Yeah, exactly. No, sky's the limit for Brace. Uh, and, I mean, we kind of forget about it, but, I mean, last year he would have been he would have been the runaway offensive rookie of the year if yeah. he didn't get hurt. And he is, I mean, just in terms of sheer talent, I mean, uh, to me, he he looks like, you know, Adrian Peterson, these type of guys who are historic guys. And Brace obviously has more to do before he can get concretely mentioned in those conversations. But in terms of sheer talent, like, he's he's right there. Another guy you could say the same exact thing about, Jay, is B. John Robinson. He'll have a new coach, probably have a different quarterback, and he'll probably be the most featured guy in this offense with Arthur Smith gone. Yeah, I mean, the beauty of Bijan is yesterday in his stat line, he has 11 carries for 28 yards and is still dominant because of 103 yes. yards and a touchdown through the air. So I think he'll be a monster next year, properly weaponized. Uh, how about Joe Mixon, Lawrence? 21 carries, 65 yards. He also caught a touchdown. I mean, Joe Mixon, kind of an interesting guy because we don't know the future of the Spengals' backfield next year, but Mixon still proven to be a workhorse back when you need him to be. Yeah, and before the season, um, you know, he took a little pay cut to remain right. with the team. He figured that was his best option. And in the running back landscape and how you get paid, it was a, a good decision for him. Nice to see him in the season, 14 carries, 111 yards, a touchdown. Like you said, had another receiving touchdown. What would be interesting, though, is that contract situation. you got to chase Brown, who's made some plays, and he's not on a rich contract. So keep an eye out for that. Shout out to you, Jay. You you actually were always right about Najee Harris. You just had to wait till week seventeen and eighteen for back to back twenty plus fantasy points, hundred plus rushing yards, and the game the Steelers had to have to make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean we were talking before about Adrian Peterson. You know, you mentioned Ladanian Tomlinson. Najee Harris is in that discussion as well. One of the best football players I've ever seen. Uh, no, but he was really good against the Ravens, and he's quietly. I mean, he started the season as a punchline, and now all of a sudden right. he's turned around uh, and had a really solid season. It looked like he was going to be benched for Jalen Warren, and Warren was going to be the guy. But, I mean, Najee is still the workhorse in that backfield, uh, and he's, yeah, he salvaged the season. A guy that was kind of a punchline in the middle of the season but finished a strong Lawrence, Derek Carr, 22-28, 264 yards, four touchdowns. As we look at the Week 18 fantasy leaders at quarterback, it's topped by Derek Carr quarterback one wow fifth straight game with two or more touchdown passes 20 uh plus fantasy points in three of his last four games like you said connor he was the punchline it started to become a point where hey should should we get Jameis winston in here in his uh quarterback victory touchdowns uh so nah they didn't make the saints don't make the playoffs but um you know nice nice finish to him for him that could kind of validate him going forward can't do weekend warriors this week without talking about Puka Nakua. He only catches four passes for 41 yards and a touchdown because that's all he needed to set the NFL rookie records for receptions, which I believe was a 63-year-old record, or the yards one was. The yards was a 63-year-old record. Uh, a fella named Bill Groman held that. Very familiar with Bill's Yes. Boy. One of the greats. Uh, Puka Nakua, fifth-round pick. And now the greatest rookie receiving season we've ever seen, guys. Yeah. Uh, I just love that Kyle, Kyle Shanahan was triple teaming him for a stretch of the game. Be like, you're not, you're not getting this You are coming us. out for the second half, Puka. I, well, I would have liked that they would have tried a little more. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it didn't work. Uh, but shout out to him. He deserves it. He carried the, he carried it when uh, Cooper Cut wasn't around. So, yeah, it's, it's nice. Yep. And maybe the, 
maybe the oh go ahead Jay. I was going to say it's just it's one of the best stories of the season no one knew, knew who this guy yep. was um, in the preseason for him to have this type of season I mean he finishes with more receiving yards than AJ Brown like it's insane I think he but he finishes third in the league it's, it's an incredible season and credit he's to a, him he's a second round pick in fantasy yep. next year and he would be in any other year he would be the runaway offensive rookie of the year it's just he's uh, yeah the, the saviour CJ yeah. Stroud is also in the mix unfortunately for him in one of the funnier more interesting incentive moments Chris Jones gets his 10th sack of the season which qualified him for 1.25 million in incentives Jones spoke after the game on kind of tormenting Easton Stick I told him go uh, down and you want to play against him no I told him uh, I'm going to keep chasing your ass until I get my half he was like I know I know I was like I'm going to get your ass too uh, but he's uh, I was telling him he's been a warrior all year dealing with his current situation being thrown in the fire and you know at the end of the season could your quarterback go down and you've done an excellent job so far man so keep it up I'm a huge fan That was Chris Jones, who uh, it's a that's a big check there, Lawrence, incentives wise. I'd be yeah. chasing down Easton Stick too if I had over a million dollars in the and, and you know, at, at least you know Easton Stick kind of made him work for it. I, yep. he, he gave up there because he's amazing. <laughs> yeah, shout out to him for for getting that money, man. That's incredible. Shout out to Easton Stick too to realizing he was gonna get sacked anyway. You know, just just go down, let that man. Get his money. Maybe Chris Jones break you off a couple of dollars right. too. Yeah. yeah, I actually did the same exact thing when my Texans plus four sixty division bet cashed. Um, exact same reaction as, uh, <laughs> as Chris Jones. But no, good for him. Good for Jadavian Clowney yeah, as well. Yeah, did yeah. A similar yeah, thing. Yeah. When I thought that might be an incomplete pass, but no, it was a strip sack. So good for both of those guys that are able to get that done. All right, well, it is Week 18, so you know with a lot of backups playing, there's going to be some random Week 18 All-Stars. Carson Wentz was QB2 on the week, 26.1 points. And then as you see the wide receivers that stood out, Quez Watkins, David Bell, Andre Osevis, and A.T. Perry here, Lawrence. Carson Wentz, the 26.1 fantasy points, that's the eighth best fantasy game of his career. Yeah, maybe think it could help the Jets this year when they didn't have a quarterback. Possibly, possibly. But just think of all the games that Carson Wentz played and all the times people have started him in fantasy. This meaningless game as the Rams' backup quarterback against the Niners is his eighth best game of his career. That is quite something for Carson Wentz. Can Wentz start for someone next year? He at least now can get into a camp and compete, yeah. right? Yeah. I feel like he, nobody wanted him to do that. I feel like a Baker summer. Mayfield situation, like competing right. against the Colts. You Rast are against exactly yeah. a non-first-round developmental quarterback. Yeah. Let's see who wins. Yeah. Wentz yeah. v. O'Connell type of situation. There we go. I like that. Now <laughs> yeah. we're talking. And um, Quez Watkins, too, uh, 23 fantasy points uh, in place of A.J. Brown. He could... He might have to be a factor depending on what's going on with uh, A.J. Brown. Yeah, and some sleepers for next year. A.T. Perry caught four touchdowns and just 12 receptions this season. He had a career-high 20.3 fantasy points. The postseason is upon us, and we're getting it started with three huge wildcard games this weekend. It all starts with a Saturday doubleheader. The Browns head to Houston to face the AFC South champs, then streaming exclusively on Peacock. Tyreek Hill and the Dolphins go to the cold in Kansas City. Facing Patrick Mahomes. We're going to break when we're back. It's last call. Wild card round lines coming your way. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, 
Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this playoffs. New customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code BERRY when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. It is time for last call. We're looking at early lines for wild card round. Lawrence, they call it super wild card super. round. Jay, what do you got for us? Going into the wild card weekend. Got the Houston Texans for you, Connor. Uh, that's my favorite bet on the board right now. Texans money line plus 120. That money line. line? Yeah, just straight up as a dog. They're two and a half point dogs. That line is trending towards three. I understand Joe Flacco has been an amazing story that he's been able to play at this level. Also, watch Joe Flacco play. He could have had five picks right. against the Jets. He had eight actual picks in five games. And this is reductive. But it's C.J. Stroud at home against Joe Flacco. Give me C.J. Stroud in that matchup. Against a Cleveland defense that is excellent, but it's not the all-world unit that it was earlier in the season because they're just so banged up. All right, I'm, I'm looking at the Rams getting three points here against the Lions. What this comes down to for me is I trust Sean McVay to be able to score points against Aaron Glenn's defense. Sure. Right? I, the Lions, you would think they, the season they've had, they'd be able to take care of business. It's no guarantee. The Rams are a very, very hot underdog going into this year. I think this line will move. That's why it's part of our early line alert. I think this will actually go to two, two and a half. But, Jay, I'm, I'm looking at this one and thinking, man, I like that matchup for the Rams offense. Lawrence, what about you? Yeah, so I'm going to go back to the Bills here against the Steelers, who are now uh, the Bills are minus 10, and that over-under for that game is 35 and a half. I'm going to just take the Steelers to cover. Uh, they're coming in off three wins, playing some inspired football with their new quarterback, Mason Rudolph. And what, one thing's for sure, the Bills, they're going to win the game. But they haven't been winning these games by double-digit points, uh, which is what they're favored by. So I expect even, you know, without T.J. Watt, who has uh, that sprained MCL, they'll probably be without him. Um, I I just think the Bills, they'll win the game. Uh, They'll win a close game, possibly run the ball, play defense, whatever have you. But I got Steelers covering. So in that game right now, uh, it is expected to be 30-mile-per-hour wins. Wow. Um, so, yeah, and that helps a team like the Steelers. So, it's a lot of points. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Steelers to cover like there that. definitely now. I like that. Jay, what about 
Looking at Miami, Kansas City, yeah. it feels like there's so many variables for a game like that, especially with the health, the lack of health for the Dolphins. Yeah, I think Miami's going to win that game, and I think it's because their oh, run shit. offense is so good and dominant, and the Kansas City defense against the run has really struggled. So give me the Dolphins there. All right, that's it for us, for Lawrence, for Jay. I'm Connor. We're back tomorrow, same time. Join us for the Peacockies. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure... Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor.